0: Red five, I'm going in. (laughs)
1: greetings fellow Star Wars fans. Welcome to another edition of Trench Run Report and our new episode of the Andor Files. We just watched, Justin and I just watched, uh, Andor episode seven, mm-hmm. uh, which was called Announcement. Um, and so we just literally just turned it off. We are going to react here in real time. And then also, uh, David and Sean, who could not be with us tonight, will also be chiming in on their own and we'll add it all together so you'll get to hear everybody's reaction and uh, we're going to dive right in to this episode
2: and or episode 7 the announcement is a wrap up and setup up episode uh, concerning the fallout from the immediate previous arc and setting up the next arc or arcs so it's kind of a self-contained episode um, it follows all of our characters Cassian, Mon Mothma, uh, Luthan and Cleia and Dedra at the ISB, and a little bit from Cyril, and a tiny bit of Cinta's follow-up on Aldani. So for Dedra and the Imperials, uh, it starts with a announcement of a crackdown um, by Colonel Yularin. Uh He was an admiral, and then I think he was um, demoted to demoted when he joined the ISB. But he has been a character all the way through the Clone Wars. Um, seems to be kind of a true believer. Uh, Imperial, hardened Imperial and actually he appears um, I guess retro it was retconned that he was at the uh, conference room on the Death Star in A New Hope kind of in the background of one of the speaking characters there um, and so they place him there that he kind of worked his way all the way up to the Death Star and then presumably died on the Death Star but he um, he was there to announce uh, the crackdown um, he had mentioned you know, speaking with Palpatine the night before I about the raid and that Palpatine assured um, him that the ISB would basically have a free hand and have no obstacles in working with the army and Navy um, to get done whatever they need to be done. So the ISB is basically um, Emperor Palpatine's like personal security force, much like the uh, Gestapo was in Nazi Germany. So uh, there's a immediate crackdown on every sector. There's, um, talk about revisiting sentences and having fines on worlds and taxes, um, and that all comes into play. So kind of a theme of this whole episode is kind of connection. So everything that happened before has a ramification in the future. So there's consequences, um, cause and effect. And then um, every piece of this episode, every story strand in this episode is connected in some way. So this initial kind of crackdown has an immediate implication for Cassian, as we see later, Um, but first we have a bit with Mon Mothma, so some really good um, exchanges. First with Luthen. So she stops in and she kind of chews him out. She was not aware of uh, of the raid, which uh, was kind of surprising. I didn't realize that she didn't know what he was really up to, Um, but they clash about methods, and so there's a lot of kind of an ongoing theme that we see um, with Sagrera and others. Like, there's different approaches to doing this rebellion thing, and she um, is not quite a fan of his method, which... His idea is that there's gonna be suffering either way. um maybe you might as well harness it um he's his kind of theme for that or his his like clue for that is he's holding this like artifact of a weapon he says has has there ever been a weapon uh invented that has never been used and so he wants to use kind of fear of the rebellion um or fear of the empire, which he kind of provokes as the tool to recruit or to like foment a rebellion um which is controversial. he's not wrong fully but he's also perhaps not right or he kind of just says if if you're basically if you're squeamish you got to get out now i told you when i met you like are you in all the way you knew where this was going so he's kind of calling her out on her like lofty idealism or her like naivete and that was just really interesting and just a great i mean these two actors are great so it's a, it's a really really good scene um and then the longer piece of mon moth's story is the dinner party, um, which I guess was alluded to, or maybe it's a different party, but there's a dinner party at her apartment, and she connects with a childhood friend from Chandrila, and she decides to confide in him. Um, she kind of tests the waters a little bit to see where he's at politically, and he kind of insinuates that he is kind of falling out of step with the direction the Empire is going. Um, she needs uh, money from her family accounts, which she was kind of frozen out of, and um, I think she's less inclined to jump in with Luther on what he's doing cuz he got the money from the raid but I don't think she's crazy about him anymore as much. So she kind of has this really interesting really good I think this episode was directed or written by somebody who worked on House of Cards is what I heard so it's very reminiscent of that of this kind of um like a sword fight almost but verbally where there's just like this dance of kind of like tiptoeing around like how much can I trust how can I not and I think she ultimately she doesn't outright say that she's like a major leader of the rebellion. She just, she has to ask him what, what she's after, what, you know, what she needs from him and kind of tips her hand a little bit. Um, And, but does at the end say like, basically you can't trust my husband. Don't trust anything he says. And um, just so well done. Both times they had to kind of disguise their conversation with like smiling or laughing and kind of like from a distance look like they're just talking about whatever. But um, that was just so well done. So I think, her piece was the strongest part of the episode, of a awesome episode, I thought, but she just knocked it out of the park with this one. Um, she started to kind of get on the offense. She's been a little bit on her heels this whole time that we've seen, and for the first time it feels like, oh, she's really like in control of some stuff, and like she's really kind of playing 4D chess here. Um, so that was just great to see. Um, and then we have, uh, kind of going back with Luthan, his assistant, Clea, which I guess they're they're posing as an assistant in this in the shop, but they seem like they're co-equals or just co-operators in this thing because she um, goes off with some really cool um, shots and footage of the sequence of her kind of walking through Coruscant, the underworld, kind of setting up a meeting or going to a a contact meeting with someone. It turns out to be Vel. So Vel is back on planet and she's all dolled up because um, she was, you know, kind of roughing it before. Now she looks like she's part of kind of high society or kind of in the same circles that like Luthen might run in. So again, just really curious what this relationship is and like, what is Vel's deal? We know the least about her of all the, of all the, the characters from the, the Aldani arc. So I'm really interested to see what's, what's left for her. Um, but importantly in that conversation, um we learned that clea kind of recruited um the guy who was a stormtrooper for the mission so like clea's a major player in this and she pulled, like pulled together the crew vel pulled some people in um but that um her message ostensibly from Luthan, but maybe just from her um to vel is that there's a loose end which is cassian so she tells uh vel cassian's real name cassian andor and that he needs to be taken care of. Um, and she kind of asks, like, you mean kill him? And um, Clea kind of confirms that, I don't think, without explicitly saying it, but that's a major um, question mark for the future of, like, so if if Vel is on his trail and needs to find Cassian, what is she going to do when she finds him? That's a major question for probably the next arc, though so I think that was really well set up and really interesting and intriguing. I'm just so curious to see, like, that piece, Um, for sure. Just a little bit with Cyril, we see his mom had set up a job interview through the uncle. Um, He goes to this absolutely dystopian office setting, um, the Bureau of Measures, I think it was called, which seems to be like this massive part of the imperial bureaucracy. Um, And he has this like hellish octagonal cubicle that he has to kind of sit in. Um, You see a mouse droid, which is great to see. Um, And kind of see him tinkering with some information on his computer at the end. So I guess he has taken the job and he's sitting there. Um, I don't speak Aurebesh or can't read it. So I don't know what that screen said, but he may like, he may be trying to, because he mentioned it in the interview, he may be trying to continue to kind of solve his, solve the crime that he felt like he got, you know, gypped out of. Um, and I think that is going to lead onto a direct closing course with, with Dedra from the ISB. So I, I do think they're going to meet up in the future somehow, but they're kind of, again, setting that up. This is a setup episode. Um, and speaking of Dedra, she kind of questions the approach of the crackdown. So she says this wasn't just a robbery, it was an announcement, which is where the title of the episode comes from. Um, she kind of sees the situation a little differently, but she's still like playing the game and she's more focused in this episode on, um, She's still doggedly on the case of trying to understand the situation um, with the stolen property, and she's getting kind of frustrated by the bureaucracy and the red tape and the kind of artificial sector boundaries that they have it set up under. Um, And so she finds a way... um, to cleverly get the information she wants by just kind of doing a a huge blanket search, talking to some underling and having like a secret assignment for him. Um, But I guess that gets found out and she gets called out in public in the meeting uh, with everyone else. And she um, there's just a great, again, all these great kind of verbal exchanges. This like, there's as much combat in this as there was in the episode before, but it's all like verbal combat. And I just like, like it a lot. Um, She gets, she gets the upper hand on her, um, her adversary, her like colleague that she has a rivalry with, and she ends up um, getting his sector, which includes Ferrex. Um, so she is again on a direct collision course for supervising Ferrex and looking further into the stolen Star Path unit and all the connections that that leads back to Cassian, to Cyril, to uh, possibly uh, to possibly Luthen as well. So there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack there, um, and that sets her off on that good path. Um and finally, uh, and most importantly cassian um his story is that he returns to Ferex perhaps foolishly, but in his mind, like he just got a little bit of local heat um went and scored this job and now wants to come back and um you know take his adopted mother and get out of there um or at least just come back and visit so he doesn't realize like everything that went down during and after his departure with Luthen. so he learns about that from um Marva and um, she kind of speaks ad- admiringly about the, the raid, um, which is all over like the Hollow net and the news, which going back to Cyril, like he's eaten breakfast in the morning river. And you can see on the newscast, like on the TV, basically they're talking about it. Right. So everyone's talking about this thing. Um, and so she kind of mentions it and she's like speaking admirably about it. And she, for her, it's like a spark to fight. Like, so she doesn't want to go. She wants to stay. She wants to fight. She's like, I'm too old for this. Um, she wants to kind of pick back up the fight that she probably started sounds like with uh clem and during this conversation which again this episode's full of some great conversations um we see some flashes between this and between cassie and like walking the streets um flashbacks to i guess the early days of the empire when um they're still using clones just like we saw in bad batch we see um a squad or a, a platoon of of Um, clone troopers marching through ferrex with clem there and i think they try to make um cassian look young i guess Um, they probably should have used the little kid they used earlier instead of you know adult cassian who's supposed to be i guess young or maybe it's just many maybe it took many years to phase out the clone trooper armor but anyway we see clem kind of trying to stop people throwing rocks at them but when they turn around he's the one you know Uh, he's the one who's standing in the direction of where the rocks came from. So he's the one who gets arrested. And then we later see like, um, Cassian or somebody, I think it was Cassian, um, marching through this, you know, walking through the square with a, with a weapon in hand and walking past, um, the hanging body of Clem and kind of like attack, uh, or start to attack for clone troopers, which is what we saw in the trailer, Um, but we don't see the resolution of that or what exactly happened there. That may be what got him kind of arrested and put into the juvenile detention facility that he mentioned earlier. Don't know for sure. Um, but we see some of that. And then, um, Cassian, um, decides to go, or he goes and visits Bix too. Um, and she, again, doesn't, you know, she tells him like, um, Tim turned him in. They killed Tim. Um, they kind of have a talk. She says like the whole time kind of blames you for this crackdown. Um, so he, I guess, maybe decides that he's just still going to leave. He gives her some money out, out of his take from the, the raid. He gives her money to pay off all the people he owes, and he exits. He did tell Bix, like, he was trying to get information about Luthen because he's like, this guy knew everything about me, and she um says, like, I don't know who he was exactly, but uh, he tells her, like, next time you get in, con- in touch with him, like, trying to connect the dots again, so... You know, he's trying to reach back out and get reestablished contact with Luthen, um, but that's interrupted. He, when he gets out of town, he goes to a planet that that's um, called um, Naimos or Niamos, um, which is basically space Miami. They even have like the exact opening uh, sequence from Miami Vice, as far as like a shot of like flying over the water and then seeing like the the beach scene and just great like hilarious but not too out of it. Like it's not candle bite, but it's just like fun. Anyway, he's like, he's just kind of like hanging out as a tourist a little bit. Um, just laying low. Um, and he's out on the beach and gets kind of mixed up in a mishap and gets arrested by a short trooper and a KX droid, just like K2SO. Obviously it's not K2SO exactly, but, um, he gets arrested. And just like at the beginning of the episode, when they're talking about cracking down and everything, he, um gets arrested on these trumped up charges about like anti-imperial behavior and resisting arrest and this and that and the judge or magistrate who's like processing all this as like an assembly line um kind of rubber stamps his uh his case file um instead of a 6 month like sentence it's she sent- sentences him to 6 years and so he's taken away for that um that's kind of how it ends other than like a little shot of Cyril at the end
1: so I think I like the title, Announcement, which was, like, so basically, like, the heist was the announcement, like, hey, the Rebellion is Mm -hmm. for real, like, we're, we're you know, they've announced the Rebellion, I guess you could say, Um, because I think that's what the title means. Um,
0: Um, Or it could be, like, the Imperials announcing what
1: they're about to do. Yeah, Uh, yeah. That too. Very interesting episode. I really liked it really different from what i expected there's a lot of i was expecting a much more straightforward path for cassian's story but this is going in all kinds of different directions so very interesting but yeah really really interesting story Hmm. we and we got a lot more star wars in this episode
0: oh yeah Mm-hmm. Definitely could feel that. We even
1: got uh the Mouse Droid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there, were.
0: Yeah. yeah that that was a pretty that was that was that was fun seeing that and plus yeah. uh, um, just just seeing uh stormtroopers and uh, the the Star Destroyer scene that was shown in the trailer it was kind of cool actually seeing it in mm-hmm. the show finally. Mm-hmm. Um. Clone Troopers, um, aliens that I, some I recognized from the, uh, from the sequels.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
0: I mean, I did, I did see some from Canto if I can re- remember They definitely correctly. looked
1: more sequelish than, than original trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: like, even, even in the first episode of, first three episodes of Andor, they mostly had sequel trilogy, uh, aliens. Mm-hmm. As, I mean, they had run one Rodian. Yeah, one. Um, But yeah, outside of that, um, yeah, yeah. Now now that I think about it, Disney has, outside of Rebels, um, Disney hasn't really, like, uh, focused on uh, uh, original or prequel trilogy aliens that much. No. Um, But that's something that I've noticed. so what are your thoughts on this episode likes dislikes um this may be this may come as a surprise to most um i really liked this one um and uh i like not not just the familiarity which i feel like that might have been the case why i wasn't a huge fan of the first first half of this episode I mean, um, first half of the series as a whole, but um, I, I th- it was kind of cool seeing Cassian go back to Farragh's, and uh, and I did like, uh, uh, trying to remember her first, uh, mama. I just call her Mama Andor, cause Yeah, it's easier to remember, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, B2, I, I love those two, um, just... And I, I really liked that talk that she had with uh, Cassian about staying and kinda, kind of, kind uh, of, like saying that I have a I have a path and yours is different than mine, mm-hmm. and uh, de- definitely a grown growing up moment for Cassian as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the discussion that um, Mon Mothma and uh, Luther had it was really cool. Uh, and now that I really uh look back, I don't, and like you mentioned it earlier, it was kind of a surprise that she wasn't aware of the uh, Eldani uh,
1: yeah, I was
0: uh, su- very surprised by that. So, which that kind of and plus, we already know that she's gonna have a beef with Saw later on. Mm-hmm. And they do uh, touch up on that in Rebels, which was probably one of my favorite moments in Rebels, is that uh, hologram discussion with uh, Saw. And he's like, the Empire um, considers us both criminals. At least I act like it. <laughs> and like she just gets into a tiff. And, I, and that was like just one of my favorite scenes. And it's like, yeah, you guys have the same goal, but you guys just... Handle it like way oppositely,
1: yeah. I didn't expect them um, to draw those lines within the rebellion that quickly, but clearly, mm-hmm. like Luthen is gonna end up being more probably on, on, on a Saw Gerrera's side, and Mon Mothma's gonna there's gonna be a division
0: mm-hmm.
1: within the rebellion between like Mon Mothma and like what she's trying to do, and then Luthen, who's clearly like more aligned with Saw Gerrera and is even, apparently, and I don't know if, did he tell that girl to go tell Val to to take out Cassian? I believe so. Yeah. So that's a pretty dark, that's where there's probably a distinction, right? Like, like, Mon Mothma probably wouldn't do that.
0: Which, that kind of begs the question, in uh, Rogue One, um... You, you know that scene where the general guy tells Cassian to kill uh, Jin's father. Uh, I'm just wondering if Mon Mothma knew about that because I feel like she, I feel like she didn't because I right. think she told Jin that they were gonna uh, bring her father and uh, um, use him as testimony in the Senate. Mm-hmm. But then that else begs the question: she got kicked out of the Senate, around in rebels. So, interesting. I wonder how, how that would have played out. But, um, trying to think of what else I really, really like. Um, so, so probably one of my favorite moments in this episode was the beach. That was, <laughs> I so... mean, it was. It was so weird. It was like this weird,
1: like (laughs) pseudo seventies Miami Beach vibes. Like maybe, like I kind of had like retirement
0: and the definitely like retirement Miami. uh, Yeah, like
1: (laughs) like I guess expecting to see like the mafia Uh there or something, or like like a bunch of fat Italian guys like (laughs) sitting there retired mafia guys or something. Um... That was different. It was it was different. The music was different in that scenario. The mm-hmm. the visuals were just very different. Very I could see where some people might see that as like too like earthy. Like too yeah. to this world. Like
0: Oh uh, I feel like the majority of the show already feels earthy in a way. Like I mean like as far as tone. But like I think this kind of borderline like having a beach uh,
1: resort, like in Star Wars.
0: I, I feel I feel like this is Cantabile done right. Like that's, I mean, I'm right. I like the Last Jedi, but I will. Uh, but if people had problems with Cantabile, I understand. <laughs> um. But yeah, I think this kind of was uh, done briefly, uh, and. Uh, like it didn't overstay its welcome in a no. way so and uh by golly uh i'm pretty sure um and now that i really think about it this might i think the scene with uh Cassian and the one girl that he was with at the that beach house um i think that was more explicit than the um with uh big, Bix Bix and, and uh, Tim. Tim, yeah. Interesting. Man, somebody's car
1: needs God. getting fixed. Um, I thought it was really I really liked the whole like. Okay, so first of all, what's the guy's name? The 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 guy who the guy with the stage mom, I don't remember his name. The character with the with the with the bitchy mom who's always trying to find a um, job, that that was so weird. Like that whole conversation, like all the passive aggressive like tones in their conversation, and how like he just like oh like it's so interesting, it's so different from anything I've ever seen in Star Wars. Like that oh, relationship yeah. and how they talk, and then he goes to like this giant cubicle farm to get this clerical <laughs> job. And he tells the guy about his situation. The guy's just like, here's your desk, dude. Like, I don't yeah. even know what you're talking about. I don't care. This is the end of the line for you. Like, here's your job. Mm-hmm. You're just gonna sit in a cubicle and, and parse out data or something, do data entry or something like that. Yep. And like, I mean, there's, I mean, there was almost like a comical tone to that whole thing, like the way people were dressed it felt very like current day, like. <laughs> so clearly he's gonna sit there stewing in all of this, You know, he goes from being this like super gung-ho corporate security guy to like being mm-hmm. locked to a desk, sitting there fuming, hearing about what's happening and he can't do anything about it. Like very interesting, very interesting. I wonder how, I don't know how they're gonna tie his story back in. To the main story, but somehow it's going to tie back in.
0: Yeah, I can I can definitely see the ISB lady finding him, and I, I know I know Sean's definitely uh, um, pressing for that theory to happen. So, um, speaking of ISB, I believe that was uh, Yularen. Was uh, it? I I think so. I mean, okay, looked like him. Yeah, I mean he w- he is he was head of the ISB
1: in um, in rebels right? Uh, yep. Or, yeah, in rebels.
0: And plus, he was from the cult. we first see him in episode four, A New Hope. He was in that desk. Uh, he was in that uh, Death Star meeting about the Imperial Senate being dissolved. Okay. Um, and apparently, he dies in the Death Star, if I can remember correctly. If I'm wrong. Uh, feel free to comment and point it out. But I believe he was a casualty in the best star as well. Um, so then I think he does show. Yeah. He shows up in rebels uh, when they're trying to find the traitor in season three. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was, that was definitely cool actually seeing. Uh, and
1: he, he named rock Palpatine. Yep. Yeah, which, so, which makes sense. I yeah. mean, Definitely makes sense. I don't think we'll ever see Palpatine in this show, but they did name drop him,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: which was interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think
0: this series, and I and I did, and I do remember saying it before. I definitely don't think we'll see Palpatine or no. or Vader. No. Sorry, David. Um,
1: yeah, we won't <laughs> see that.
0: Yeah, I, and uh, and I know this is a very popular theory, and I've heard it. Here, also here with viewings, I sorely don't believe, I sorely believe that oh, you uh, that Luth- Luthan is not a Jedi. Really? Yep.
1: Okay. Um, We don't know his story. Right. Which but he said definitely can't hide nice. forever or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which made me feel like a that was like a Jedi like something a Jedi would say after he's been hiding after Order sixty six all, all that time but maybe not
0: I mean if, if I if I do get get proven wrong on this one I don't think it hurt the show for me in any way so right. yeah I mean but I, but I feel like it would kind of I feel like a Jedi showing up whether it be if whether it being Luthan or Kanan and Ezra showing up. Or Ahsoka. I feel like it would kind of disrupt the tone
1: of the show. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see um, any... So. I don't think we're going to see any major characters from outside of who we've already met. I really don't. And I'm fine with that. I, mm-hmm. I don't need any of that for this show. Um, But I do think that it's... I, that the idea of a Jedi in hiding who's... Completely like the idea of a Jedi became becoming like a Sagerrera type, like a cutthroat, like screw you know no morals rebel. Mm-hmm. That would be a really interesting storyline. Like if he was a Jedi and now he's like just this total like no morals like you know ends justify the means uh, rebellion leader. But maybe not. It, either way, it'll he's still an interesting character.
0: Mm-hmm. But. Um. So, are there like any dislikes in the episode? Because I'm not really seeing a whole lot. I mean, maybe I maybe little... the pa- maybe the pacing again for me is still something that I need to get used to. Um, but I th- I feel like it was better in the
1: last two
0: episodes that I've seen.
1: I I feel like I feel like uh, the yeah it it went back to the pacing of the previous, you know, you had episode three and episode six were through the big action pieces. And then you have this episode going back to more of that tone of the previous slower episodes. But now I think the story is more is, is is in full motion. Like, so like, okay. I think I feel like the scenes have more weight, like now, like things are being driven by the events. Like in Aldani, and then, you know, so then when he goes back to Ferex, he can't stay because the Imperials were there. And then Mon Mothma finds out that this that Luthan did this and she's all freaking out. She's trying to do her own maneuvering. And you have all of these, you know, I don't know. It was, I just thought the only, the only part for me that was a little off putting was the beach scenes, just because it was so different. Like just from the moment that you saw the birds flying and the music, it was like, I was like, did I just, jump into a romantic comedy? Is this going to be like a I was like
0: crossing my fingers for for a Weird Al cameo.
1: That's a, like a Star Wars Hawaiian shirt. thing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought it was interesting, though, that it showed Cassian just like... He was completely like... Yeah, he's like, nah. I'm just going to... I did the job. I got the money. And now I'm just out living like a gangster life. Yeah. <laughs> He's hanging really? out on the beach, he's got a pretty girlfriend or whatever, and he's just, you know, hiding his money and but then he gets swept up. I think I feel like the beach sequence was a little bit just I don't know, just a little, little bit weird, a little bit definitely like kind of jarring a, a little bit just because it's so different from anything Star Wars I've seen. And it just happened so quick. It was like he's in there with the girl, he goes out to walk on the beach. These guys are running. He gets swept up in this thing yeah. when he didn't do anything, yeah. clearly. Um, he's literally just like trying to keep a low profile and mind his own business. And he gets caught up in that. And then he gets arrested and then he gets sentenced. And it's like, it's a little bit strange. I did not see that coming at all. Like, I, like, what? Like, I did not see that coming that he would get caught for no reason connected to what he actually did and get prison. A prison sentence of six years hmm. like like what like we're right in the middle of season one and he's just got put in prison for six years interesting
0: well, we, we, yeah we know he gets out so now
1: he's going to be in prison like in the next episode i'm assuming he's going to be in an imperial prison hmm. which is very interesting um i really liked what i really liked was this whole idea like like the empire like the imperial response right which is super predictable the mm-hmm. imperial response is to just bring down the iron fist and and then that one imperial she's like oh that's what that's 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 typical empire that's what they that's what the rebellion wants us to do and then and then you see luthen and he's like that's what i want them to do like he like this wasn't mm-hmm. about stealing the money this was about provoking the empire to become even more ruthless and more evil, like, to justify, I think, them being as cutthroat as they are against the Empire. Very interesting, like, <laughs> I still, I'm i actually, like, even as I'm thinking, I'm like, this is Star Wars? Like, what? Like, this is wild. I'm, this is wild. Like, it's really, really different from anything that we've seen before, and I really liked it. Hmm. but yeah the beach scenes for me were a little bit i don't know jarring or disorienting it was kind of like oh whoa oh okay that's interesting and i can go with it but like seeing cassian just like being this like beach bum you know player who's just you know throwing mm-hmm. his money around and getting pretty girls and like i thought that very was interesting. the end in real life though <laughs> <laughs> that was very interesting Like. And, like, it's yeah. very interesting, like, they're taking the long – they're taking the long – playing the long game with his character. Like, he's nowhere near being a, a part of the Rebellion right now. Like, he got sucked into doing a job, like, mostly just out of sheer, like, desperation because he had to flee from Ferex and he had to go mm-hmm. with Luthen. And then he was like, well, screw it. I'll do it. I'll get the money and then I'm out. And then he gets the money, and he's out. He's like, goodbye. But now, he's under imperial custody, and the people that hired him now want to kill him. Hmm. Interesting. So Mon Mothma is at some point, I'm guessing, going to recruit him, and he's going to join the the good guys on the rebellion side, I guess.
0: He still has a killing streak, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's like still going around, uh,
0: like Danny DeVito with guns, guns blazing kind of thing,
1: and <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. They're taking a long, st- like he's a very complex character. There's a lot of complexity here now. Um, but yeah, wow. I'm not even. I, there's so much going on here. I love the scenes. The scene with Mon Mothma at the dinner party. That was like really, really good. And like how she's like. And she confirmed that her driver was an Imperial spy that basically like she knows that she's being watched at every turn. Mm-hmm. She can't even trust her own husband. Um, yeah, really, really interesting. Good, good stuff. But it is definitely different. It's like, it's very slow. It's, it's more like, this is not an, a, a, a like a show with a lot of action. But it is. I think it's really good at building the tension of the story. Which mm-hmm. is really interesting. All right. So, what are our final rankings for this episode? Whew. Um. Well,
0: this episode actually managed to put a smile on my face, um, which I, I really can't say that for the other episodes. So, um. As far as rating the individual episode, I would have to say pretty good, solid 8.2 out of 10. I mean, I I actually had fun with this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, um, I'm actually, I really am looking forward to the next one. Um, And I can't see where, can't wait to see where it goes uh how about you oh
1: gosh i would say this was yeah uh, 8.5 out of 10 for me probably um okay I'm, I'm i'm still processing it like i need to watch this one again because there's there's just a lot going on like that is really the complexity of what's going on is really really interesting and very different from anything i've ever seen in star wars mm-hmm. maybe it's an 8.5 maybe it's a nine but it's a different kind of nine than I would say for like other shows I've seen. And because I'm just processing this completely differently from any other star Wars. So it's really hard. Sometimes like, like for me, like a nine in the Mandalorian would be like, you know, the finale of season two, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but that's a completely different thing from this. Um, this is just really, really good. Um, I don't see any glaring... Like, there's no glaring... I don't know. I just don't see any glaring, like, problems with the show. But it is, again, so different from from anything else I've seen in Star Wars that it's really hard to, like, rate it and rank it for some reason. Hmm. Um, but I love the way... I. I mean, like... I'm really really now I'm really curious like what like what's going to happen with the corporate cop guy what's going to happen with Cassian now that he's locked up what's going to happen with like I think I mean like there's so many different storylines and so many different characters and they're all like very interesting yeah. yeah and like that scene where the one girl goes and finds Val and tells her to kill him and like you can tell she's like doesn't isn't cool with that like I can mm-hmm. see her not, and I'm wondering who she is, Val, because she shows up and on Corson. She's all dressed up.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah,
1: who is that? I
0: like, I, I kind of had to take a second second look. Like, wait, is that Val? Oh my yeah, gosh, it is Val. It
1: is her. Yeah, it is. And I wonder what her relationship to Luthen is, other than just, you know, I feel like it's not like, is that personally close is that her dad is was she also was she I has, I could see a scenario where like he was a jedi and she was a youngling or something like that maybe even hmm. I don't know I'm stretching it but like that would be an interesting storyline hmm I don't think I've heard that theory before like she could have been like a padawan or something and they're both blind Damn. I don't know if they're I don't know if they're related or if it's strictly right. just a, a professional right. relationship. But we don't know Luthan, we don't know their backstories yet very well. Which is interesting. Hmm. And and we got those little glimpses back on Aldani, and what's her name is the only one there. And the Imperials obviously are showing up in force there to try to figure out what's going on. But we really don't know what she's doing there or why she's still there. But she's probably gonna be back. We're gonna see more of her. I don't think her storyline's over. So Yeah, man, that really, for some reason, that episode, more than any other episode, got me wanting to see the next one. Like, I really want to see the next episode now. Like, what is going on? I really have to agree (laughs) with you on this one. So uh, (laughs) I can't say enough about how funny those cubicle scenes were. Just The more I think about it, that was just hilarious. I already cracked the Incredibles joke during (laughs) this. That was so funny. Like, (laughs) him just sitting there, just like... In his little cubicle, it's just big cubicle farm in Star Wars. It's like like the opposite of the Imperial Senate. It's like the cubicle Senate, like the cubicle farm, like oh, I, so I have funny. a bad feeling if I was in the Star Wars
0: universe, I'd probably do something like that.
1: Like I'm working in a getting, cubicle farm?
0: Right. <laughs> or or maybe an equivalent to what I'm doing like like in a shipyard. I, I don't see myself as a Jedi, I don't see myself as a a pilot definitely not a pilot but um yeah <laughs> that that that's all it, it kind of made me like relate to the guy a bit more in a way so, I
1: was like yeah, yeah he's like this pathetic character he's just like Ugh. he's like just become like a insignificant Becomes the galaxy's punching bag yeah like, <laughs> and like the, just even like the way that they were dressed like they all had the same uniforms on and like just the uniformity and like the, the blandness of it. And like the way that he's just sitting there, like I was a corporate postal. He's like telling him a story. Like, and the guy's just like, yeah, so this is your desk. <laughs> so, <crazy. Right. laughs>
2: so, so, um, quite an amazing episode. I thought I, I really liked everything about it all these great conversations and dialogues Um, and I'm just really excited to see where we go from here with all this setup. And so uh, again, this was, I thought an awesome episode. I give it super high ratings. Um, I don't think any of these episodes have been under a nine for me, I'd say. So they're all in the nine range, um, mid to high range of nines. Like this is just perfection for me. So. Mm -hmm.
1: All right. Well, that was a good one. So we will be back next week for episode eight of andor so until then uh we look forward to chatting with you again and may the force be with you always great shot kid that was one in a million